I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Hello, everyone. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go. And let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in, and exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest, and of course, a very warm welcome to our first-time listeners. In this episode, I am going to clarify for you who asked, how can common cognitive biases affect a client's counseling session? Great question. So thank you for taking the time to write to me, and more importantly, you're wanting to learn more. And also, I am going to answer the question of how to mitigate or eliminate cognitive biases. All right. So before I do that, I wish to apologize for the misinformation I gave you last 
episode. Some of you wrote me that you couldn't find uh, information on cognitive biases in the episode of Thought Patterns That No Longer Serve Us, Part One and Two. Yes, those two episodes are more focusing on automatic thoughts that could make us feel certain emotions, and that is also important. Because that will affect our decision-making process as well. However, to learn more about cognitive biases, please visit the episode I published on June sixth, titled "Life is About Making Choices." Allow me to briefly explain. Cognitive biases are systematic patterns of deviation from norm or rationality in judgment. Often leading to perceptual distortion, inaccurate judgment, illogical interpretation, or what is broadly called irrationality. So these biases are a result of how our brains process information, make decisions, and interpret the world around us. They can serve various functions and arise from a combination of evolutionary, cognitive, and social factors. Well, I might as well include a few functions of cognitive biases. One is efficiency. It is because our brains are constantly bombarded with an overwhelming amount of information, particularly nowadays. So, cognitive biases can help us quickly process this information by allowing us to make snap judgments based on limited data. While this can be efficient, it can also lead to errors in judgment. Another function of cognitive biases is simplification. Cognitive biases simplify complex situations by providing mental shortcuts. They allow us to categorize and make sense of information, even if this means oversimplifying or distorting reality. Another function is adaptation. Some cognitive biases might have evolved as adaptive strategies. For instance, confirmation bias. Remember, where we seek out information that confirms our existing beliefs might have helped our ancestors avoid information that contradicted their survival strategies. And another function of cognitive biases is social cohesion. Group-based biases like in-group favoritism and out-group derogation can contribute to social cohesion within a group. All right, I hope that helps to jot your memory about cognitive biases. And now I'm going to answer the question: How cognitive biases can affect a client's counseling sessions and their relationship with their counselor, psychologist, or therapist? I'm going to use ten common cognitive biases to illustrate how they can affect one's counseling sessions. First is confirmation bias. A client might only share experiences or thoughts that confirm their existing beliefs about themselves. For instance, 
if they have a negative self-image, they might focus exclusively on instances that reinforce this view. So this could hinder progress in counseling, as the counselor might not have a full picture of the client's experiences and thoughts. Second cognitive bias is self-serving bias. So, if a client is unable to acknowledge their own role in certain problems or situations, for instance, if their objective is just to protect their own self-image, they might attribute all negative outcomes to external factors. This can prevent them from taking responsibility for their actions and hinder their personal growth and development. Next is anchoring bias. A client might fixate on a particular idea or explanation for their problems, even if it's not accurate. This can prevent them from exploring alternative perspectives and hinder the counseling process. Next is hindsight bias. If a client retrospectively believes that they should have known better about a situation, which can create feelings of shame or self-blame, this bias might make them reluctant to share their struggles honestly in counseling sessions, fearing judgment from their counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist, or therapist. The next bias has a funny name and is called sunk cost bias. Let's say when a client has invested a significant amount of time or effort in a particular coping mechanism or behavior, they might resist changing it, even if it's not serving them well. This can slow down progress in therapy or counseling. If they are reluctant to let go of these unhelpful patterns, i.e., unhealthy thought patterns, or what I often refer to as our old operating system, or worse, clients might run away from therapy or counseling by quitting prematurely. Next is negativity bias. When clients focusing excessively on negative experiences or feelings can lead them to overlook positive developments or strengths. This might prevent them from recognizing their progress in therapy, and of course, that will hinder their motivation to continue. Next is overconfidence bias. If a client is overly confident in their ability to manage their challenges independently, they might resist the counselor's or psychologist's suggestions or interventions. This can lead to a lack of cooperation and, well, needless to say, hinder therapeutic outcomes, and they might even quit prematurely. Next is in-group bias. If a client perceives the therapist as being from a different group or background, they might be less open to the therapist's guidance or insights. So this bias can impede trust building and hinder effective communication. Next is confirmation bias in a social context. 
Let's say a client might share their experiences with friends or family members who reinforce their negative beliefs or encourage them to avoid therapy or counseling. This confirmation from their social circle can hinder their willingness to engage in therapy, and of course, it will impede progress. Last and not least is the anchoring bias relating to a counselor's expertise. Now, if a client perceives the therapist or counselor as an authority figure, they might be hesitant to question the counselor's suggestions or offer alternative perspectives. This can hinder open dialogue and prevent the client from fully engaging in the therapeutic process. So there you have it, my audience. Awareness of these biases can empower both psychologists and therapists and clients to identify potential pitfalls and work collaboratively to overcome them. So, with open communication. A willingness to explore different viewpoints and a commitment to self-awareness can contribute to a more effective therapeutic relationship and better outcomes. To be honest, in most cases, and I'm not referring to exceptions because in everything there are exceptions. Your psychologist, therapist, or counselor. Is in your corner, so the key is to have open communication. Yes, I'm not going to lie to you. In some cases, you will have difficult conversations with your therapist, counselor, or psychologist. So don't shy away from them. Otherwise, there will be little or no progress. All right. The last question I'm going to answer is whether we can completely eliminate cognitive biases. Well, to be honest, it's near impossible because they are deeply ingrained in the way our brains process information. However, there are strategies and techniques that can help mitigate their effects and promote more rational decision making and. The first is you guessed it, self-awareness and education. So the first step is to become aware of the various cognitive biases that exist, and now you do. You have no excuse not to know, and how they can influence your thinking. So educate yourself about these biases can help you recognize them when they arise, and when that happens, it's self-awareness. Next technique is critical thinking. Develop strong critical thinking skills to evaluate information and arguments objectively. The operative word here is objectively. Encourage yourself to question your own assumptions and beliefs, and consider alternative perspectives. Another technique you can use is slow thinking. System one thinking, characterized by quick, intuitive decisions, often leads to cognitive biases. So try to engage in system two thinking, which is slower and more deliberate. 
take your time to analyze situations and decisions. Another strategy is seek diverse perspectives. So surround yourself with people who have different viewpoints and backgrounds. This can help you challenge your own biases by exposing you to alternative ways of thinking. Another technique can be devil's advocate approach. So actively try to argue against your own beliefs or decisions. This exercise can help you see the flaws in your reasoning and consider different angles and perspectives. Another technique is data-driven decisions. So rely on data, evidence, and statistics rather than relying solely on intuition or personal anecdotes. This can help counter biases like the availability heuristic, meaning mental shortcuts. Another technique is practice mindfulness and self-reflection to become more attuned to your thought processes. This can help you catch biases as they arise and consciously decide how to respond instead of reacting. The last technique I'm going to share is decision-making frameworks. A framework for decision-making is a set of steps or principles that guide the process of choosing among alternatives. One example is regret minimizing framework. So this method involves imagining the future and choosing the option that minimizes the regret. So choose to use decision-making frameworks that force you to consider multiple factors and potential outcomes. This can help counteract the effects of biases like confirmation bias. Needless to say, another strategy would be in cases where cognitive biases significantly impact well-being or decision-making, then working with a psychologist, therapist, or counselor using cognitive behavioral techniques can definitely be beneficial. Well, you know if you are one of my clients. There you have it, my audience. I sincerely hope I have answered your questions. And it is important to realize that while you can't completely eliminate cognitive biases, you can learn to recognize and mitigate their effects through conscious effort and practice. Then over time, these strategies can help make more rational decisions and reduce the impact of biases on your thinking. Thank you for listening, and I appreciate you. Until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to practice these strategies to cultivate awareness of your own cognitive biases. Bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, 
Spotify, and my website www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O. dot com. 